Happy New Year, Happy New Year. My name is Travis, this is Oscar Mike Radio, and I have a podcast dropping on January 1st, 2019, kind of a special episode episode, and it's it's very different, which is why I'm doing it on the 1st instead of Thursday. I have my true first foreign guest, but he's non-military, and before I introduce him, uh, kind of like the last non-military uh, live cast I did, which was about a family fighting Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. This person is at his own fight, his own struggle, and I, I, I really resonated with him because we're both trying to create something. So this guy is from Australia. It's very early morning where he is. It's kind of getting late here in the U.S., but we are rocking it on Skype, and I'm proud and pleased and excited to introduce uh, the artist Muggsy Brady from Australia. Muggsy, welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's crazy that we're talking right now because, like I, I was saying, man, you know, I remember the internet when you had to unplug the phone, or if I wanted to call you, I'd have to like get one of those special cards just to tap into the phone line. So now it sounds like you're in the same room with me, man. So thanks for having me on the show. No problem at all. No problem at all. I mean, one of the things. You know, like we were talking about, Oscar Mike Radio is primarily focused on military. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. But getting into this, I've, I've done 126 uh, podcasts at this point. There's a real process that you have to go through as a, as a creator, whether you're doing uh, what you're doing in hip-hop and rap or what I'm doing in podcasting or anybody that only other artists or content creators understand. And, and, and I, I started looking at what you did and how you did it and really was like, okay, I'm going I'm to make this work. And I've had a couple other people on who weren't strictly military and it worked real well. So I'm happy to talk to you. And we started talking, man. We started going back and forth. You sent me some of your tracks and, uh, you know, we'll talk about that. But one of the first things in, in, in the, in the second sentence that you wrote me about your little bio is that you had to to fight through your adolescent years, and that kind of shaped where you are now. I was I was hoping you could kind of take me through what that fight was all about. Yeah, man. So my my adolescence, man, um, like around the the age of fourteen, fifteen, um, before I found hip hop, man, I, I was sort of going through that phase of where like I was getting punked and bullied a lot, like emotionally and physically, um, just by like my peers or um, like people around me and stuff. I was kind of like that shark in a sense, so I guess that was a target for the other people to um, put a target on my on my back. And that's why I can kind of relate to teens that are going through it now, man, is they don't really think into the future. Like, this is all a passing phase. They kind of think into the now of, you know, why is the world hating, hating me? And I guess that's why a lot of them turn to suicide as an outlet of, um, just getting out of this dark spiral instead of seeking help or even seeking a creative art or whatever the case may be to get them out and find their true identity. And um, that's why I was happy, man, to around the early thousands to find hip-hop as a, as a culture to write music as, um, as very therapeutic. And I always say that the early thousands, man, was a great marketing platform for the culture of hip-hop because I remember coming home um, and just watching these guys like, you know, Eminem and Tupac Shakur and stuff like on MTV and BET and VH1 and that they just had this aggressive attitude and um, like image of fighting against 
whatever their problems like were, you know, taken in front of them. And I really wanted to like evaluate myself where within in this culture and see if like I could try it out for a bit. And when I started to get more older, man, I, I realized that I didn't want to just write rhymes and stuff. I really wanted to um, love this culture and find out where it came from and like incorporate myself in it and not be taking it for granted. Like, cause I know a lot of guys over the years that just do it cause it's like a cool thing to do, man. Or it's like a phase with me. I really wanted to love it for all, all of its work because it kind of like, in a sense, I'd say, man, that the way that I was back as a teenage adolescence, man, I don't know where I'd be if I were I, like today, if I wasn't without like the culture of hip hop, man. Um, so yeah. It's interesting because I'll be I'll be straight with you. The only real music I know from Australia is Midnight Oil. The, the they were a band in the '90s and uh, Silverchair. Yeah, yeah. Those are the only two bands I ever really knew from Australia. Uh, there's also another one that I kind of got into a little bit called Twelve Foot Ninja, but I never really understood or knew that Australia had a hip hop culture. I mean, can you describe what that's like? Because it, it's just I think of hip-hop culture as being primarily a, a, a U.S. thing and didn't realize that these artists actually had that far reach. Yeah, man. So, obviously, you know, hip-hop started in the in the 70s, like, you know, South Bronx and stuff in New York, um, but it kind of became very universal, uh, like, 80s, when, you know, a lot of guys started commercializing, like Run DMC, LL Cool J, and... The, the starting origin roots of Australian hip-hop was the mid-80s where I was born in 91, but this is like researching it and stuff, was uh, a movie came out called Wild Star where it was about breakdancing and graffiti and stuff. And, you know, we, we didn't know how to really intake the culture per, per se because uh, we, we did a lot of b-boying and graffiti, but with the rapping sort of style, uh, we didn't really know how as a universal perspective how it was going to sound with the accent because uh because you know we like a lot of uh like the world sort of viewed us as you know crocodile dundee and right, Steve right. kind of thing you know so it was kind of like yo that coming into the the house of hip-hop is sort of like man is it going to be super corny or will people ride with this and um so a lot of the guys growing up in the early stages were emulating the American kind of flow and accent. But then over time, we kind of really developed our, our sound. I, kind of, I really couldn't tell you a concept of how we developed and accepted the whole accent-wise for it. But um, over the course of time, man, uh, Australian hip-hop has... Re really been skyrocketing through social media and uh, um, other forms. Like our battle scene over here, man, is absolutely insane, and really? we go pretty yeah, we go pretty gnarly with it, man. Like I mean, like I always get the question, Muggsy, you should really get into the battle scene. And man, to be honest, I grew up with 106 and Park, where on MTV, where it was like just battling about your rhymes and maybe what clothes you wore. No, over here in Australia, man, we go really brutal. <laughs> like, we, we, we bring in, like, family issues. We bring in, uh, like, you know, like, your brother, your sister or something. Like, there was this one battle. 
this one battle where this guy, I think his mother or maybe it was his brother or something, but it was viraling around YouTube over here and um, his mother was like dying of cancer or something and then the component brought it up in the battle and the, 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 the broad, like everyone just brawled up and just wailed into each other, man. And I thought, okay, that's where we pinky toe over the line with our battle league, man. We just We just take it way, way too far so that's why when i get the question you should get into the battle scene over here i thought nah man like if someone brought something up about my mother or my my brother or my my father man like it's just that's what i'll do i'll delay literally start smacking someone in the mouth man so yeah man like we we go pretty brutal with it over here so it's, um, it's interesting just on the battle scene real quick uh, I, I talked to an army veteran who does that uh over here and uh he 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 led me believe, and I researched this that this this is it's almost like a contact sport with words mm-hmm. where they he will look at his his the the guy across him as an opponent and he will pick things out that he can go after. He starts like a month two months in advance picking out what he's mm-hmm. going to do and putting it together to execute it. It's a really intricate form of of the uh, of the culture. Who were your who were your influences is kind of interesting who would be your influences as you were growing up and getting into this for hip-hop yeah man so it um obviously it sounds cliche man but it started with eminem of course um <laughs> being a white boy myself but nah man like um over the course of time uh man and like researching where where it's come from my ultimate god mc was rakim man like um rakim and eric b like when i like found his music on my search with you know researching where it came from i've just loved him ever since and um i think he really emulates um what a true mc is like he's got the look he's got the beats he's got the lyrics and the positive flow and stuff man even though he's not um like i mean when you mention rakim you mentioned hip-hop and he's not selling what drake's doing man but like even like when i look at a you know a video of him on on youtube just rapping it like maybe a small hip-hop town gig Man, he brings more chills to me than what a Drake would do at like a stadium. Man, like, just I, I love I love Rakim. He's just he's the equivalent of a, a true MC to me. So yeah. So so one question I want to ask you about hip hop. You, mm. you know, I, I'm not into it. I I, I I told you I am I am pure uh, metal. I mean, I like all kinds of music, but I mean, metal mm. and rock and roll are are my my faves, no doubt, any day of the week. But is it just me, man? I I really like some of the older hip hop. When they weren't dropping, you know, f bombs and curse words and every other line, or really trashing down women like they do in some of the newer stuff, and they were, they were almost better because they didn't do it than it is now, and you you can't understand them and you can't really appreciate. Like I listened to some of the, my buddy uh, got me into Naz, and mm. I was gonna say, man, I mean, this is just just for me, uh, mugs. He does some deep stuff. Uh, he really talks about some deep issues that I'm like, wow, okay, this is not what I would expect. And I didn't know what you thought about that. Is the older stuff better, or is it just evolving? And, and you know, I, I I gotta get caught up. Honestly, man, like that's a great question. And Nas, man, Illmatic, um, his album Illmatic is one of the all-time greatest hip-hop albums, and he's one of my influences. Like, um, yeah, it's it's honestly, there's two sides of the coin. One maybe i'm staying in my bubble um and i'm just like yeah just like listen to the old stuff but social media is a great platform to um showcase you know and and um network and build your 
I guess, your brand, your image. But on the flip side of it, I feel like these kids now, man, do stuff for a buzz. And I really reckon it's damaging the music and the and the culture. Like, I mean, like, I see, I love rock and roll as well, man. And I see these garage bands that I know, and they're just jamming out, or they're rocking, and they're like, I want to be like the Stones someday, or I want to be like Led Zeppelin. Like, these guys that are in their parents' time, man. But when you say to these kids now in the hip-hop, it's like, yo, check out a rock game. Or check out a Nas, and they're like, no, they're old cats. Like, you know, I want to listen to this little guy, this shorty guy. And it's like, what, just because you want to build a buzz on your Instagram followers, man? Like, that's damaging the culture of, of hip-hop, of just buffoonery and, and stupidity, man, of like, you know, let's just rap about guns and drugs and money and getting all this money instead of having this outlet of a positive attitude to change someone's life or, you know, someone that's hurt or, you know, in a different you know system or something man i really feel like social media can be good for it but is it a very big problem of today's culture man because it, i just i sign online man i see a, just stupidity after stupidity and it's like repping what hip-hop is today man so hopefully that explained it yeah speaking about that you talk about truth i mean before when we first started talking and and, and listen to your tracks truth is like a central theme with you and you even talk about raw truth what does that mean what are you trying to do with with that term or is it a a, a focal point in in your music well man like i i think just a raw truth is how uh, is more like like subjects that people stir away from or um don't really want to shine like a light on like it's sort of like with me with depression or, or stuff people don't really like to take that in context or they think you're being a downer or something but it's more like you know use this art form as a light that people like like for example man i feel music is a great platform to express um a subject that people will listen to comparing to saying it at at face value like if you say the the subject at face value, it becomes an all-out war and and debate compared to if you're saying it through music, um, they will you know they will listen. Um, but but in saying that we're you know speaking of like lyricism or just having a message, that's just um, educating where this came from, man. And like listening, I feel that if I was stuck in my Eminem phase or uh, just listening to the guys I know, I really wouldn't develop and evaluated myself as a true artist compared to learning where it came from and where the universal is. And I feel like the kids now, man, really should tap into that and learn or even just different genres of music and it will make them more an educated and a better better artist to what what is going on now with, with their messages and stuff, man. So, yeah. So with, so with all that being said, what are the challenges uh, and some of the challenges for being an artist or a content producer or universal, but what were your specific challenges in your journey going from you know, these, these feelings of depression and trying to struggle through adolescent years and growing up to now? I mean, look, folks, I mean, he has done you know two albums, almost 300 interviews, you're you're paying your dues and you pay your dues but how did you a lot of people think that this just happens and it doesn't happen right Mm. 
it doesn't just happen overnight. You had to put in the grind and the, the, the blood, sweat, and tears to get there. And what were some of the things you had to overcome to do that? Yeah, th- thanks for mentioning that, man. And um, the re- like, I always get the question of from like you know the albums or how many interviews and radio play I've done. I always get that question of like, Moxie, you must have a label or a manager, you know, finding you this stuff. And I say, man, no, nah, literally, you know, I have no street team, um, no manager, no label. It's just been me from day one. And um, it's the the problem I see, man, is there's so many artists that have an ego about them where they get on their, their high horse and they're, they're just like, yo, you got to have this amount of followers, you know, for me to um, do a track with you, or you got to have this amount of followers in your radio station for me, for you to interview me. And that ego, man, is the downfall of their career with me, man. Like if I, I don't care about that. If you're willing to reach out to me, or willing to get back to me, and you, you're just that person starting off, or maybe you're that person that's got like a thousand followers and reaching out. It doesn't matter what the bar is. I'm willing to network with you, man, because it's just it pushes me into the next step of of my career, or it's another thing to add to my resume. So when like I go through the doors of these big labels or something, who are they going to choose? Are they going to choose the guy? that has one album and he's got an ego behind him or are they going to choose the guy that's got tons of work behind him and he's willing to network with whoever, whoever's possible, man. So that that's how I evaluate my, my career, man, is just not having an ego about me and just willing to give anyone a chance. Yeah. So, so there are the challenges and there, you, you have to look at your work. You gotta be your own worst critic, your own best critic. But but I, I do agree with you. It, it, it's about being willing to network, and, and for me, just just really quickly, it, it's about being willing to be uncomfortable because some of the things I've done in the last six months, I wouldn't have done two three years ago. And, and hmm. it kind of you know, are you truly a podcaster? Or are you what are you doing? Well, I don't know what I'm doing, but what I'm doing right now adds value to my creative process and the person that I'm talking to or doing it for. So I certainly understand that. Um, how, what, what was it like though, bringing up your first album and then your number two album, what was it like getting that done and realizing you completed that? What's, what's, were you happy with that? Or are you one of those artists like, like me and a lot of other people who are, you're never truly happy, but it is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, that, that's great. That's a great question. When I did my first album, um, like I knew nothing about recording or, um, or anything. So I was, you know, I was just doing a like a cashier job, and I was blocking out tons of money for my my first album. And I remember the first time I got in the booth, I thought it was gonna sound like Eminem's work. I thought it was gonna like literally, you know, sound like platinum hit sort of thing. And, and you know, like I had no clue at all at the age of like you know 15, man. And um, when the producer played it back for me, and it sounded so raw and crappy and stuff, man. Um, like just you know demo material. Uh, I just thought, man, am I flocking out all this money for this? This is you know it was such a down you know. And he just looked at me dead in the eye and he thought you thought this was gonna sound like the pros, didn't you? And I I said yeah. And he 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 was like, no, nah, they take months, maybe years, just to concept their art. You know, like we're just in here for maybe three or four hours. So you know, just settle with the bet the time that you have and like just. Put, put your all into it so I kind of that's where I kind of developed my 
like you know like if you realize in my tone of like progression of vocals um how i sound very raw and and like gritty and like it sounds like i'm yelling but it's more like an anger tone i get i guess i get that from dmx but uh, yeah um that's where i concepted it in the amount of time i had was all right use aggression in in your lyrics and it came out more smoother and more better and um when my first demo released you know um it was just that kind of like that little local celebrity feeling man of you know this guy's doing hip-hop now like let's you know see what he's got and it was kind of like people coming up to me like are you going to progress with this and you know when's your next gig and it was kind of like that that drive of them knowing me for hip-hop and my craft now i got to continue this i can't just go work a desk job or something man i really got to put my all into this you know you're, you're kind of your own boss and and, and you're yeah. your own brand and, mm. and don't a lot of people miss that they want they want the listens they want the youtube subscribers but they don't understand or or when they hear themselves and it is absolutely you know garbage the first time out they're like done mm. and, and and you know like a lot of people it seems like you had you know your your first arrival time and then yeah the, the tracks that i heard sounded good and what i'm going to do um is on my podcast is i'm going to create a record a little blurb about um about you and put put the tracks at the end and invite people to listen and link you in the Oscar Mike radio blog post. You can find out more on OscarMikeRadio.com uh, about this, this podcast and other ones subsequent to it. But I, I just really think that, you know, what I'm hearing here is what I try to tell guys in the military who are going through hard times when they get out or have a situation is you didn't quit. You, you, you hung in there and you kept with it. And were there ever times where you're like, you know what, screw this, man. There's easier things to do. I'm just going to, you know, mail it in and do something else. Were there ever those times or was it like you calmed down and said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make this work? Oh, dude, man. Like the, when I was starting off, um, I was very blinded by how cutthroat this industry can be. Um, you know, I, I thought you, you get in touch with uh, like the first manager or something and you're going to be a star or you, you know like i never knew the loopholes of the nose and the closed doors and like how that can destroy an artist almost you know like i, I mean i've been to these meetings before or um like i, I you know sat down with with um like you know up to industry execs and you know they always want there's always an excuse like there's always um like a reason what you have to work on or maybe they're not you're not the right fit for them you know i, I could go down the list and that destroys artists man that destroys us to say well they said no to me time to quit you know but um with me man it kind of gave me a mindset to to say keep like keep pushing for for the dream but don't think um like not not say it's gonna happen like don't like don't think there's a guarantee it's it's gonna happen um like i it's like just grind daily for the dream and push as hard as you you possibly can but don't think it's it's like like, like as saying it's gonna happen like there's a final result like you know they will come to me because it's just it's living um that's in that's an insane way to live man because I, i've been through where um it's gonna happen it's gonna happen sit in front of those chairs and it's like i'm sorry mugsy it's it's not 
you know, like this is not for us. Like that's the pushback of of the reality of oh my god, like yeah, shit. Maybe I got to work on my craft a bit more and then go. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, I know guys down at these gigs and they they just have this this lunatistic mindset of yeah, these artists should come to me. You know, this is gonna happen. And I just looked at them like, buddy you have not sat in those meetings before or you haven't grinded to the bone. Like, you know, I grind daily. I've slept on train benches to make that meeting the next day just to, you know, it's like I like to think a realistic factor more than a, you know, uh, like just, I don't know, man, that, that mindset is just ridiculous to me. Of It's going to happen. It's going to happen, you know. So, I'll, you know, like I would love it to happen. Um you know, and I want it to happen, but I still think realistically, fact factor about it. You know, while I'm grinding, man. You know, yeah. And this is this is why I wanted to talk to you after I got to read about you and get to know you more. Is you know, we're we're in two totally different lanes, right? Demographics, everything, in countries, continents, but we're still moving toward our goal. And, and just for me. There were several times where it would have been easier to say, you know what, I've, I've done my last one, sign off and be done with this. It's it's too hard. You had to learn the technology, learn the process, and then make it all work and do it week after week. And at times it can kind of take over your life. But I, I do agree with you that that there were there were valleys and hills and plateaus, but it was simply man just putting one foot in front of the other. Mm. And, and people ask, well, you know, how are you able to do X? And, and I think you know, you, you kind of answered it is you, you invested in yourself. Yeah. It, but that, that's also a scary thing, man. I feel like also in a sense, do it because you love it as well, man. Because, because like I've known guys that it, it kind of consumes them of wanting to make it. And when it doesn't happen, you know, they fall victim to, you know, alcoholic or drug abuse or just, like the most downward thoughts, man, because they feel cheated. Like I've worked so hard and it, it didn't work out. Like that's why I say, man, like, like hustle, but do it because you love it, man. And don't get in a fixational mindset of that, you know, it's going to happen. Like just do it on, like on the road of loving it as well, because it's a scary thing, man. It honestly it consumes people of, you know, like wanting this. And when it doesn't happen, they, they don't know what to do, man, you know? So, no, I do agree with you. You, you got to do it, whatever it is. It could be basket yeah. weaving or, or you know, car collecting for all I care. But you have to do it because you love it, and and you you obviously do. Um, and I've asked you about the challenges and the problems and your background. But what do you love about hip hop? What is it that you know makes you tick day after day? Oh man, uh, it's it's not even just the music, man. I mean, like it's everything to do with the culture, whether it's like. Or um, like not not even music, not even hip hop. Sorry, I mean music in general. Like um, like last night, for example, I went down to this. Uh, they had this exhibition here in Sydney for the Rolling Stones, and it was like a, it's going until February, where it was showing where they used to live and their costumes and stuff. And by the end of it, man, I had happy tears. Like the the guy looked at me and he. And he He's like, you okay? And I'm just, just like, dude, I'm just like, like, I love the Rolling Stones, you know. Just something about music in, in general is like incredible for an art maker, man. And I love hearing backstories, and I just, I don't know, man. Like everything about music, like true talent music, I, I love, man. 
you know, and then the fun, I don't know, man, the funny thing about it, I came out of the Stones thing, and we've got a, a shop here called Culture Kings, and um, they sell all the new, new sort of clothing wear, and I walked in, they'll play, and they'll play, and like, like, the DJ was playing, like, mumble rap, and I was, it was like, coming from the Rolling Stones, the mumble rap, and I was like, God, man, like, okay, the kids love it and stuff, but man, like, uh, it, I don't know. It's corny to me, man. I was like, "This is horrible, man." I'm getting out of here. My, my, yeah. my, my, my boys listen to mumble rap sometimes. I'm like, guys, what's the what's the attraction? You like, well, so like when I was in the Stones exhibition, man, like it's it's technology. I, I don't know. Like there was this one girl, and I don't know, man. Maybe she was having a bad day or something. But like, it, I, it, it was like she was on her phone the whole time, just scrolling through her news feed, and I was like look around you like you were standing in this exhibition of the rolling stones like because she was with her family but she looked like 14 or something probably didn't give a damn but i mean like like quit the Nicki minaj crap and like look around the greatest rock band to live in it's like you just don't care it's just like oh i don't know i was just dumbfounded i was like man just get off your phone for a second look around and see see this iconic band man you know <laughs> yeah but i i just think that people in general a lot of times don't have to appreciate not so much music but the creation process that goes into making that music mm. they don't have to because there's always something else to either occupy their time or somebody else coming down the way and, and you can change your taste within a minute or two instead of having to really delve into what that person is saying which is where i think hip-hop Kind of, is kind of losing it because like i said the older stuff to me you know the, these these people crafted a message or you know whether it was in protest or affirmation and, and it's kind of lost now on on just trying to say hey look at me look at me. that's that's what i get i, I listen yeah, to the kids and stuff a lot of it's just hey look at me i'm i'm a badass look at me i'm i'm here instead of saying something yeah man well like i mean i always get the argument of if they're, they're creating a new concept of of the music but man like I, I grew up on on you know the party music like Kid and Play, Big Pun, um, you know Fresh Prince and, and stuff like that but they really took the time to get not give, just give a positive message but really concept a song or a flow. I, I can't um, give my thumbs up to a kid getting on a mic and mumbling on, on just like a melody or a flow while I know hundreds of artists, man, that have such great music and they work like a nine to five just to fund their career, man. I can't, they, they, like me, man, I might begin on a soapbox, but I, that's why I can't respect mumble rap. Like if you can literally baby talk on a track and then sell it and then like, like sell out stadiums, man. Meanwhile, I know this guy that's really got talent and 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 then like working a desk job man i can't i can't give a my my praise to that man like that's just the artist i am because i'm fighting for those artists that really should be where that kid is man in my personal personal opinion no gotcha gotcha so so you you have two albums out and the first one yeah folks is, is probably a little rougher than what you would expect but you know it's the first album what do you have going on for 2019? It's January 1st when this podcast drops. What what's up for Muggsy in 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 2019? 
Uh, two things at the moment is one will be a third album. I'm in the concept of, you know, writing the songs and developing the beats already. So uh, what I want to do for the third release is do a two disc because I haven't released anything since 2013. So I want to do like a two disc, what I think Outcast has done and I think Biggie Smalls has done it as well. Or maybe it was Tupac that did a two disc, but... Yeah, I want to I want to do that a double album and uh, Sydney Film School here in Australia did a documentary uh, like about my career, which was kind really? of like a day, yeah, like a day in the life sort of thing. Of they brought the camera crews down to where I lived and filmed me and you know filmed my brothers and stuff like that, and uh, it kind of freaked my neighbours out because I'm never <laughs> here. So you know they they thought well you know what the hell is going on and uh, you know. Um, that will be released in January on social media. I got to see, um, I got to see how it turned out. We 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 film, screened it at one of the film festivals last week, and uh, man, I'm one of these artists which is nervous as all hell. Like, I mean, I can create something and push it out to the public, but when it's being viewed back to me, man, and I'm sitting in a, a room full of people, or um, you know, let alone a whole festival viewing my documentary man i was nervous as all hell like i thought is this going to be good is it going to come out crappy like because they they didn't want to tell me anything like they said no we can't release anything we can only release it at the the film festivals and i was just thinking god like is it like how i was interviewed is it the way i sounded on the mic you know i was my heart was pounding out of my chest man and um, like when it finished, man, like everyone was just like that, you know, cheering for joy and stuff. And I thought uh, I won that one, you know, it came out smoothly. So yeah, that that's going to be released in January, man, on all platforms. So the, the album and the documentary are the two big things that are coming for 2019, man. Yeah. Hey, I'll get all your information and put it on the blog post for this podcast on the first I want people to be able to reach out to you through Oscar Mike Radio, and I want to stay in touch, and I'm really serious. Like, I'm going to start dropping your tracks on my podcast after uh, the episode's over. People can kind of listen and check it out. But how do people get in contact with you? Can you, can we find your music on Amazon and all the other places, or how do we do that? Yeah, man. So instead of searching it up all individually, my number one platform I use that has everything there is Mugsy on Facebook. If you literally just type in M-U-G-Z-Y or M-U-G-Z-Y, um, my page will come up. So it's got uh, my YouTube, Twitter, I think Instagram all in the one. I think I'll have to check that. But Mugsy on Facebook, and it keeps you up to updates with, you know, interviews like this and what I, whatever I'm doing in my, in my career and who I get to meet along the way as well. So, uh, yeah, Mugsy on Facebook. Oh, yeah, see it right here, folks. It's really easy. Just literally type in M-U-G-Z-Y, Muggsy. Hey, where did Muggsy come from? What, what, what's what's the reasoning behind that? <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's funny because I, I love to play. I always get the this cliche a lot. Uh, I love to play basketball, man. And uh, one of my, my boys was when I was playing, um, he was like, he, he was like, yo, um, you play like your skills are a lot like Muggsy Bogues, like that. And um, it's funny, man, because um, I love the way that his name sounded, but and I, I never knew uh, my my skills like where was his similarities of being like sneaky and tactic with the ball. So I kind of just dropped. He spells it M U G G S Y. So I dropped it to one G and 
flipped the S to a Z and it's just wrong ever since, man. But the funny thing about it was, man, Muggsy Bogues was never my favorite player. It was always Alan Iveson. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, so when he made the comparison, I, I, I was thinking, man, at least, like, give me AI or something or, you know, like, but I couldn't, like, copyright his name, man. But, yeah, it just rang, rang ever since, man. And uh, if I ever get to meet him, I've met Dennis Rodman before, which was cool. But, uh, you know, if I ever meet Muggsy Bogues or even Alan Iverson, I can thank him for, you know, giving me my start off career. Because every rapper needs a name somehow, man. Yeah. For me, this is something very different. Uh, probably wouldn't normally talk to somebody in in the rap community who was a non-veteran. But like I said, you know, we connected on that the artist, that that content creation, that energy level, and I really liked it and responded to it. And then I listened to some of the tracks, and you're gonna hear somebody, folks, who put some time and effort into his craft. So uh, I, I want people to you know give the, give the tunes a listen and listen to the words and then uh, check them out on Facebook I'll have the link in the blog post it's just been great talking to you man um, I definitely would like to have you back on and talk about your documentary after I get a chance to watch it and uh, listen to your third album for sure or your double however you want to do that it, it's just amazing I mean uh, the, the last question I want to ask you is it just seems like, man, we live in a time where if you want to create, whether it's rap, whether it's a podcast, a band, photography, whatever, the tools are there. And, and, and yeah, there's some money and there's some upfront investment needed, but you can do it. Absolutely, man. A hundred percent. You know, it's just, um, yeah, like just knuckle down, man, and do it. Like, I mean... I, I feel, man, if, if like the more opportunities you get and the more... Uh, like grind you put into it man even though it is a struggle man it, it's funny it's like it is a struggle but it still keeps a smile on your face of the grind like i mean because at the end of the day like you look at all, all the stuff that you've done and you you just think man like i couldn't believe i've done that little like compared to like you know compared to someone that would just write a song and then sit on a couch for like the next 24 hours man you know so that's just me man i love the grind uh, you know i just love it I am with Muggsy Brady. You can find him on Facebook uh, with Muggsy, uh, M-U-G-Z-Y. Uh, my first true international guest of any kind. Now, I've talked to a foreigner on a live cast a couple weeks ago, but she was right next to me here in the U.S. But you are, Muggs, the first, the first guest I've had on Oscar Mike Radio who's truly, like, international. So it, we're starting off the first <laughs> of the year, January 1st, 2019. With a first for Oscar Mike Radio and a first for uh, Muzzy coming on a military podcast, the message is still the same, though, man. I really, really respond to your message, and, and, I, and I think that's important. Nah, man, thanks so much, man. And I definitely keep in touch, man. Don't be a stranger, but man, like, have a good 2019, man. I can't wish enough, and like, I hope to see like more interviews from you, man, and more interesting interviews and stuff, man. You have another friend and follower here in Australia, man, for the kangaroos and stuff down here. <laughs> well, if I get down there, we'll look you for sure. So, hey, folks, uh, you got you got to go to Muggsy on Facebook to find out more. He's dropping new content, dropping a, a, um, a documentary. He has tons of accomplishments. He's grounded out. You want to check it out. Uh, for me, Travis Oscar Mike Radio, and for Muggsy Brady, the Mugman, uh, that's M-U-G. ZY, uh, we are on the move. Too easy, man. Take it easy. Have a good one.